What's going on, everyone? And thanks for joining me for another great conversation. As always, I appreciate you guys. My next guest, I had the pleasure of meeting out in Austin, Texas, and being able to talk about some incredibly exciting things. He does many things, but is known best for being an investigative reporter in the Bitcoin industry, but also being able to know the medium well enough to spot the trends that are coming up. This information is incredible, guys. I introduce to you the smart and powerful Car Gonzalez. man what's going on brother the, this ain't for the show but thanks for coming on thanks for yeah, giving dude, me your no time problem. man uh this is super dope uh, i'm excited to to talk about all the stuff you got going on and try to you know shine some light on that stuff man because like yeah you you were saying in the conversation i think it was on telegram the other time where it's like look we need to just like pick each other up especially when we're like these low you know underground podcasts or whatever because these big dogs are getting you know, all the money, all the opportunities, and we're kind of just getting forgotten. So that that really stuck out to me. And I was like, I got to get Car on to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things, like, um, that we just don't do that in the space. And, you know, I, I come, I don't know, do you want to start right now or do you want to? Yeah, yeah, man, it's already going. So let's go. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, do the, what... I do intros after, brother. So go ahead, go with your point. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest problems. Um, in this space is uh just in podcasts in general everybody looks at each other like competition and that's just not that's just not where i come from like you know primarily like i, I come from like a, a punk background like i grew up in that diy kind of um like band culture like okay. uh, in my 20s and in my late teens i was in a band a texas band here in in like south texas and and so we traveled like diy all over the state of texas and uh, we were pretty good. <laughs> we, we weren't we weren't that bad. Um, and so, like, we had this just like punk attitude of just like just go out there play a show. We'll do, we'll have a street team. We'll we'll figure it out on the way there. We'll go to the next gig. Same thing. And then we would meet new bands in that area, and then we would travel with them, and then they would set up tours, and then we would just kind of do that. And and believe it or not, that actually worked. Like it it actually worked, right? And so. Um, I just have that kind of mentality of like, you don't need to wait around <laughs> for, you know, so-and-so to tell you like you're legitimate or you're doing what you want. You just need to become what you are and just believe it. Right. And I think there's so many people who don't want to start something because they're afraid that, you know, somebody's going to call them out for being a fake or for, telling them that they suck um, or that they're a fraud or they're shill or whatever insecurities that they may have. And that's just not the reality that, that we live in. Everybody's too concerned with their own selves, right? Like we're all concerned and consumed with our own beings to even give a fuck what everybody else is going on, right? Right. So it's like, don't even worry about whatever other people are saying because they don't even care what you're doing in your daily life. They're too consumed with themselves. So I just have that mentality from the get was like, just go out and do what you want. Like, get the people around you who give a shit and help promote them. And in turn, hopefully they'll do the right thing and help promote you. If they don't, who cares? It doesn't matter at the end of the day. If you think their shit is legit, if you think their shit is cool, then help promote them. 
Uh, I mean, it, it's that simple. It doesn't cost you anything to retweet. It doesn't cost you anything to like something. And I think we live in this fucking culture, especially in the Bitcoin industry, where everybody's so fucking like uptight about fucking liking or retweeting something because they don't want it to like, you know, disrupt their fucking timeline. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, it's just a fucking timeline. And guess what? You don't fucking own it. <laughs> fucking yeah. Jack Dorsey owns that shit. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? LLC, whatever the fuck, right? And I just don't understand what the fuck everybody's so uptight about. It's just a fucking like. It's just a fucking retweet. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I just see too much in the space where I'm just like, dude, if the guy's making great shit and it's consistently great shit like you are, Jose, fucking retweet it let's fucking go like it's fucking awesome like yeah. dude i was listening to your mr boom podcast yeah fucking it was so inspiring as fuck dude like Appreciate i, I want to meet that guy mr boom now like i don't know <laughs> i don't know if he's ever going to come to texas or if he's ever going to come to austin but if he ever does like i want to have a conversation with that guy because there is some shit that he was talking about on that podcast that i'm straight up gonna rip i'm straight up gonna steal because he was talking about this end-to-end -end product uh, when he ships and how he's creating this, this boom dynamite and how he's going to uh, input some of this clothing inside of this like dynamite. But the thing that I, I grabbed from it wasn't the fact that he's creating clothing or anything like that. Me as a creator was like, how can I create that end-to-end -end experience as a podcast, right? right? Like from beginning to end, like how do you control that end-to-end -end experience? And uh, you see it in different product lines, you know, across all sorts of retail. You know, Apple does it, Google does it, Tesla does it. But how do you do that in a podcast, create that end-to-end -end experience? And so when I saw him talk about it, I was like, dude, that's legit as fuck. Like, he's, he's doing that on, on a smaller scale. You know, himself, he's just saying, like, I'm just going to do it because I, I, I'm envisioning it. And so when he was talking about that, I was like, damn, that's fucking good. Like, that's, I was like, yeah. that's really fucking good, dude. Like, he's, he's thinking outside the box. He's not thinking like everybody else. And so, yeah. that yeah, was one no, thing shout, that... Shout out to Mr. Boom, by the way. But yeah, go ahead. that was Sorry. one thing that I was thinking about. I was like, I'm totally going to rip that. Like, I'm totally going to steal that idea of that end-to-end, -end, you know, design product and kind of uh, 360 approach to creating shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that, I think that's extremely uh, difficult in podcasting, and I agree with you. Um, you know, because so many people have either bad stigma about podcasts, or they just quote unquote don't have the time about podcasts. Plus, you're really—I mean, you can do the videos, and I've tried to do that, but you're really an audio-only experience. And uh, I think you know, just like we're early in Bitcoin, I think we're extremely early on podcast. Um, and, and there's a, a, a very few that are actually making a ton of money doing it. So I agree with you that if you don't necessarily, if the if the podcast is just part of the package, then it's a better experience to the person at the end that gets it. So how how since that episode have you incorporated that you know that idea that that concept of packaging from end to end? I figured it out. Did you do you want to share it or are you kind of behind closed doors? Yeah, I'll share it. <laughs> I mean, ideas are free, executions everything, right? I yes, sir. Who said that. I love that. Uh, who who did say that? I don't know, yeah. but I'm I'm gonna say Carr said that. We're gonna put that timestamp yeah, here. Ideas are free, <laughs> executions, everything. I, I, somebody smarter than me said that. I stole it from somebody. Yeah. Um, so um it really comes down to creating consistently great content consistently, right? Yeah. But 
what you have to do is really like envelop um, and engulf the listener into what they're listening, right? And so I've been on this whole kick probably since June about really paying attention to like every single second and millisecond of my podcast. And so my my listeners probably are frustrated because they're like, man, Car doesn't release on the same type of schedule like he used to. You know, he used to yeah. release consistently like every two days, every three days. And I'm sorry, guys, ladies, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just not that. I'm just not going to churn out every three days podcast. I'm going to do it every seven days now, you know, and then every once in a while, I'll churn out every three days if there's something important that we have to talk about. But I'm doing it every seven days because I realize like it, it's just going to take more time now to cons- to like make great content. And so like when you're creating audio right now, there's this whole thing with audio where you can just like people, people second guess it. People try to, um, you know, uh, and, and no offense to anybody that does this. And, and, you know, I used to be that person. I used to do that. So no offense. It's just, it's just kind of where you are you know, in your, in your kind of career when you're, when you're creating podcasts, but what you'll do typically is you'll, you'll get, you'll get it recorded. You'll do the take one or two takes, you'll get it spliced up, you know, export it, upload it, and you'll call it a day. Um, I don't do that anymore. I, I really try to, I try, I try to make it into like a music track now, like where it's just kind of fluid. Um, and some of the, and some of the people that have been listening lately have been, have been hitting me up on telegram and, and I, I never listened to some of these older, um, shows that, uh, that they reference. Cause a lot of them are referencing some stuff that I just don't know of. Like, I, I don't know about, um, some show that used to be on in the nineties or in the early two thousands. I don't know what that is, but they, they keep referencing some show. They're like, man, you're going into the territory of whatever, whatever. Um, the only the only things that I can reference are the stuff that I'm taking from. So, like, I'm taking from like Frontline, right? I'm taking from like 60 Minutes. I'm taking from like people like Anthony Bourdain. You know, I'm taking from like you know movies like like from Stanley Kubrick. You know, I'm taking from like musicians like. Um, you know, like Omar Rodriguez Lopez of the Mars Volta. Like I'm, I'm taking from people like that, right? I'm taking from like all these different artists that I respect. Uh, and I'm trying to say like, how do they create their art so spastic, so original, so finely tuned, so carefully crafted? And, and how, do they, uh, how do they make their medium on another level? And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to push the medium to another level, but I'm doing it the only way I know how. And I'm looking at those people who, who inspire me. And I'm trying to say, how can I do that on a, on a podcast? And that's what I've been kind of doing. That's what I've been kind of doing lately is trying to incorporate those things. So what I'll do is I'll grab ideas from everywhere. Like I, I just, uh, I watch a lot of movies and I pay attention to the sound in movies. So like, there's certain scenes you'll you'll watch in a movie and it'll be it'll be a it'll be a, a scene where you're watching something. Oh, oh, have you seen the new uh movie Quiet Quiet Place Part Two? It's I a perfect not. example. No, no. Well, there's there's so many scenes and I won't give anything away, but there's so many scenes in that movie where 
that guy, John Krasinski, is an amazing director, but he utilizes sound so well, and he talks about it. And he talks about how he stole sound from, um, you know, uh, somebody like uh, the director who created Blade Runner um, and, and how he stole the sounds from, like, aliens and he stole the sounds from, like, a, a lot of different movies that he grew up watching. And he's, he talks about how, like, uh, he utilizes those sounds from, like, Jurassic Park when, when, the, when the glass of water shakes and all yeah. you see is the water, but the glass of water shakes. And he talks about how he utilizes the sound in The Quiet Place to just kind of it to create that impact. And so that's what I'm trying to do in a podcast is where you can create impact, you can create emotion with uh, something as simple as just like a heartbeat. And, and, and if, if most of my listeners are putting on headphones or if they're driving, if, if, if they're not passive listening, because I don't want passive listeners, if they're actually putting on headphones, if they're actually driving and they have it cranked up, they're going to get a really, you know, emotional response to the podcast, right? Like they're, they're going to get something out of it. And, and, and if you listen to it like that intent, like with intent, you're going to get like an experience. Like I, I want you to get like a, like a, like a, whoa, that was an emotion that, that I felt there. And that's yeah. where I'm kind of pushing that medium. And so the end to end product that I was talking about is the meat of that is, is that, is that emotion. And, and the end to end part is what I'm doing now with writing publications, like on medium. And that goes with the podcast. So before I would create all this content and I would write it out, Jose, but I would write it out like on a notepad and, or I would write it out in the newsletter. And then I would just like read it off. Of, I would read off of it, yep. record it, and then pump it out as a podcast. And then I would just leave it as that. But now what I'm doing is I'm actually writing everything out like a journalist. <laughs> and I stole this from Anthony Bourdain because I didn't realize that he was actually a writer before he got into TV and television. I had no idea. I was just neither, a fan of yeah. I, I was just a fan of his work because I, I just I just love the guy. I thought he was just a brilliant, you know, um, just narrator. I don't know if you ever watch a show, but his narrations. Yeah, his narrations to like to like places that he goes is just like some of the most brilliant narrations you could ever watch on TV. It's just so brilliant. And some of the cinematography and even the sounds, like if you, you could literally turn Anthony Bourdain's like shows into podcasts and they would make some of the brilliant, they would make some really brilliant um, shows. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so like, no, um, I, I think you're dead on with that, by the way. And, and it's intriguing. This is what excites me about the podcast space because Everything you're explaining to me is I was thinking about the blogging aspect of it, which you just brought up. But the whole like meat and potatoes thing and making the episode, you know, basically basically be a sequence and be like a music track. I think you're dead on. And, and the example that comes to mind is I don't know if you listen to Revisionist History, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. No. Well, if you check out Revisionist History or any of his latest audiobooks, Malcolm Gladwell, um, he has the same thing. He has music creeping. He has really good narration. He uh -huh. he leads into one scene into the next other. Even his oh, advertisement, his advertisement inserts are just incredible. And it oh, sounds wow. like you are going through this. He he has actually been quoted saying something similar to what you just said, which is it takes you through this like you know musical experience of emotions and of connectivity oh, wow. to words and stuff like that. So that's cool. It, yeah, you're dead on. I, I think what you're working on right now is the way, as we like to say in Bitcoin. 
Um, that's what. That's interesting. I've never thought about ever doing it that way, and, I, and I'm actually inspired by uh, and you know by creators like yourself that do that because to me, since the very beginning, um, I've always wanted human nuance conversation. Right, like to me, it's yeah. like I send you that little form. I get a little bit of a gist of what you got going on, all that stuff. You know, in this situation, I actually got to meet you personally, so the form was kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Um, but I really like to capture human beings on the spot yeah. of being human beings, right? Like, you know, I, I've had some guests come on the show and they've been, you know, high or, or drinking a little bit and feeling great. And I like to capture the conversation as it's happening on the spot. How you're feeling right now, how I'm feeling right now, on the spot in this moment. And I think when I tried to have script that in the past, it always sounds like shit. It always sounds very robotic. It doesn't make any sense. But to circle back, that's what I love about podcasting is that everybody could bring their own unique experience to it and it can actually work. Yeah. And and so that's one of the things I like about your your show that, you know, some of these other shows can't do. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you a little <laughs> insight into what I like about what you do. So I, you know, I pay attention, dude. So like one of the things is ask my wife, well, you, you already know, Christina, like she, she, she's like, man, you know, car, car, you just love to criticize. And it's not that I like to criticize. It's just like, I, I like to, you know, think things out. And I, I like to, um, I pay attention to details. And I, I probably get that from my mother. She was very much like that growing up. I think all, like all, you know, Spanish moms are probably like that, you know, in, to, to some extent, you know. Um, pick that up, you know. Wash your hands. Tuck in your shirt, stuff like that. Uh, but with your, with your, with your, with your podcast, and I, I think I told you this when you know when we met in person was, like, dude, you're, you're like secret power. I, I told you this, Jose. <laughs> you have a way of interview. How do you want to say fucking interviewing? Because it's not fucking interviewing people. You have a way of talking to people that brings a sense of ease that, you know, and I can only talk about myself, but when I was trying to, you know, do a whole like, you know, interview show, <laughs> failed miserably, and I stopped doing it because I was like, I suck at interviews. I can't do it. Um, but you have a way of doing it effort, effortlessly. Uh, I think your wife had said that too. She agreed when we were talking about it, when I talked to you live. Yeah. It was like, dude, like she agreed. She's like, yeah. And, and it's something that you just have innately as your superpower, bro. Like where you just, <laughs> you just have that. And, and, I, and I even told my wife, I was like, remember when I was watching Oprah Winfrey so I could get, like, get better at interviewing? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you're listening to Oprah Winfrey podcast to understand like how... She was able to like, you know, transition and like, it was so stupid of me, like trying to figure out like, how can I learn how to interview better? It was so dumb. Like I was trying to figure out like, how can I interview better? But it was so stupid. You know, I should have just went to my bread and butter. Right. And, and that was like music. And that was like, what made me special was, you know, what, what I grew up on was like punk and, and, and playing in bands and understanding like music, understanding that kind of stuff, storytelling, making great songs. And, and that's what I'm doing now is the same thing as storytelling is making great songs is paying attention to the finely tuned stuff. And that's what I'm bringing. And that's the same thing that I'm doing now. And, and it's just focusing on what and what really makes you you and being comfortable with it and doubling down on it, you know. 
And, and I think for you, when I listen to your, to your podcast, I'm like, dad, I can just listen to this guy for hours. Like, you know, because <laughs> it's so effortlessly, like it's so effortless. Like same thing with like Joe Rogan. Like I can listen to Joe Rogan because the guy makes anything sound appealing. Right. Yeah. And I hate UFC. Like I'll watch <laughs> some of the big fights, but for the most part, like I can't really stand UFC for the most part. Like I'll watch it if it's on in a bar or something or, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so is fighting and it's supposed to be a really good fight. Sure. Let's go, let's go watch it. But for the most yeah. part, I really don't care. But if Joe Rogan's talking about it, he makes it interesting. Yeah. Uh, same thing with you. Like uh, I forget what podcast I was listening to where you were talking about something and it was interesting. I was like, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't normally watch something like that. Like normally, you know, I wouldn't go seek it out, but your personality and what makes your podcast special is that you make something boring or something that is uniquely like mundane sound interesting. Like it's, it's effortless for you. That's a superpower, bro. Like that's something that, yeah, you, like normal people just don't have. Uh, I appreciate that, man. I I, yeah. I will say I, I that goes back to not scripting everything. Uh, I think if I were to script anything, like even questions early on, I try to script questions, and I was just terrible at that part of conversation where it was like, "Hey, let me look at the questions. Let me look at the person. Hey, let me look at the question." It was just terrible, and I felt bad. And then over time, I kind of just felt that as like, look, in my everyday life, I have great conversations. I just kind of have to let that happen in front of a microphone. And not get in the way and not try to, like, send Carr a bunch of questions that's then going to make him sound too template, right? And unless Carr specifically reaches out and says, hey, I don't want to talk about this. And that's what the form is for. But once I know a few things, it's no holds barred, person is ready to get on video, person is ready to chat, and they got something going on and something exciting to share, I think I could pretty much talk to anybody. I think I could pretty much, because I'm a curious guy. I'm super interested in so many different things, so it's not hard for me. But I'll be honest with you, man. I'm... I'm a sharp critic on myself. Um, I, I, a lot of people tell me sim- similar things to you, uh, but I don't, it's not that I don't believe you guys. It's that, it's that hard criticism. It's that, hey, I could get better. Hey, I don't think my interviewing is up to par. I don't think it's stupid that you were studying Oprah because I, 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 listen, yeah, I really don't think it's stupid because um, there's always that, like, we can get better, right, and, and that, that feeling that we put on ourselves. But Something I've learned over time, I, I study Stoic philosophy. That's, you know, my favorite, you know, era in time. But just the Stoics themselves were brilliant people, in my opinion. So something I learned is that, is that we suffer more in imagination than we often do in reality. And when we get into these conversations, sometimes we overthink them. Sometimes we get, like, you know, really antsy and we get really anxious. What am I going to say? Or, or I'm talking, like, I, I spoke to Durjiji on my other podcast, and I'm thinking, like, how can I speak to a Durjiji? He's a Bitcoin maxi, et cetera, all this thing. And I think, well, I know all of that was just imagination. All of that was just suffering in my own head. And it leads to shitty conversation. But when I could remove that and just understand that me being myself is the best thing that I can offer, that makes the guests feel better. That makes everybody feel better. And the conversation is sort of like if we were having it and these cameras and these microphones weren't on. And that's what I have to lean on. That's all I got. That's why I respect guys like you that have the talent to be able to create, to you know, put stuff to. I have a buddy who does. He's on my network, Spotlight Coalition Network. And he does a podcast where he does music. And I always tell him the same thing. It's, it, it sounds like live radio when I was growing up. Like he has these like blends. Uh, it's called Chilling with the Puff Man. 
uh, yeah, and he's the Puff Man. That's his, you know, uh, his, you know, his. Uh, he he's a multi-purpose speaking podcast, right? So early on, he was doing a lot of political stuff because he's very passionate on his political takes. But I met him back in the day, Xbox One, Gears of War. So he talks about video games. He talks about, but he has this pure, you know, um, early '80s, you know, early '90s music background, right? So he'll be dropping these, like, you know, all about the Benjamins and all these like, crazy songs that bring me back. But they all, you know, segment into his next segment, which he calls the next puff, right? So he's like, hey, That's we're cool. about to get into the next puff. He'll blend in a little music. He'll drop a little vibe, a little flow. And I'm telling you, Carr, I can't do that, but I love it as a listener. Dude, I you got to send me incredible. that link. You got to send me a link to his stuff. I've been on this whole kick lately where I've been listening to, like, this old, like, uh, uh, and I don't know how I got into this kick, but I've been on this whole kick lately where I've been listening to like this old like AM, um, like radio from like the 80s and like early 90s. And I've been listening even to, I've been even watching like VHF, like uh, ra- uh, TV from like the 60s and 70s, like Shit. on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. But I, but it's kind of one of those things where I, it's, it's not, it's not like, um, it's not like one I'm trying to like go for. It's almost like a like a fascination, try, trying to understand like how they did it back then and and like why those 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 uh those transitions happen like that for yeah. broadcast and, and uh, not really trying to get ideas, but just trying to understand like what those transitions were about and and why they had them and what purpose they served, right? And and then like and like and then not really and like not really. And I put a couple of them inside my podcast just because I'm trying to like, just kind of play with that, you know, yep. I'm just, like I'm just trying to not really, not even going to say reinvent it, but just trying to like, see if I can play with that kind of um, style inside of a podcast. So yeah, send me that link. I, I would be interested to see what he's doing. Maybe I can learn a thing or two on, on how he's incorporating it. Cause I, I'm always looking for new ideas. Like, you yeah. know, it, I think, it, I think it's, I think it's, I'm always looking to hear new, new stuff and always I'm grabbing from everywhere these days. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, 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 yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm, I'm on this whole new kick, bro. Like 2021 was, has been one of those years where like I really put down YouTube and have picked up more books. Like I've really killed like 20 books this year. And for nice. me, that's a lot. Like I, I know more people kill more books than that. Um, but for me, 20 books is a lot, you know, by July. Um, and I've just been reading, dude. And, and, and it was, it was, I forget who told me, or I don't know where I saw this, or I think it was somebody who told me, um, they were like, they're like, car, they're like, if you want to update your OS, you, you got to You got to You got to read more books. And I was Absolutely. like, what? I was like, what, what are you talking about? They're like, you, you, your, 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 your operating system is your, is your brain. And in order to download more apps, <laughs> you have to you have to read books. That's the only way you're going to download more apps for your brain. And I was like, "What the heck are you talking about, man?" Uh, I think it was I think it was at the at the Austin Bitcoin um, meetup that we do monthly here. I think that's where somebody told me, um, and and they were basically saying that you know you can literally learn because you know it's usually like you know either a man or a woman will write like one great book 
you know, like one great book in their lifetime. And it usually amasses like all their knowledge that they've, that they've had, you know, in their entire life. And I know you wrote and written a book. Yeah. Right. right. But, um, by the way, I need you to send me the link to that so I can read it. Um, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> I appreciate so, it. <laughs> so, cause I'm on a kick. I want to read a lot of books. And anyway, so like, <laughs> So like he was saying, like, you know, you know, a person, a man or a woman will write one book and it'll have all their knowledge that they've that they've amassed, you know, over the, you know, the, the culmination of their life. And so you literally can take somebody's knowledge of their life and, and like take it like you can you can hold that knowledge and insert it in your brain, kind of like Neo in the Matrix. Like now I know Kung Fu like that. And so that's powerful, bro, when you think of it like that. So the fact that uh, for the longest time, I wasn't reading any books. <laughs> like I was going like, you know, years without reading any books in my 20s. And so now I've just been on this whole kick where I'm like, I need to make up for lost time. I need to read as many books as I can. And I've just been burning through them, bro. Yeah, and man. now I'm, I'm like, I have a freaking Barnes and Noble subscription. Good <laughs> move, man. I just, I just been buying books. My wife's like, another one? I'm like, yeah. yeah, another one. And it's because of Bitcoin. And this all started because of Bitcoin, you know? And, and it really, that's why I'm saying like Bitcoin changes you fundamentally yes. to your core. It, it makes you face a lot of things that um, you necessarily wouldn't face you know what I mean? It right. also brought me closer to my faith in a lot of ways. I know a lot of people say that too, but it, it's one of those things where it like, it really fundamentally changes you from the inside out. And I'm, uh, Bitcoin's a powerful thing, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, not only Bitcoin, but the, the reading in general. But yes, I ended, my life has completely transformed since I've you know gotten deep into the rabbit hole and all that stuff because it just, you know, the world as you... Back to the Matrix analogies, that whole world as you think it is, it's not the right way. And it's actually an evil world that you need, a simulation that you need to step away from. But on the reading the books thing, man, yeah, man. And in my opinion, the further in history the book is, the much better it is for you. Um, I got a, a chapter in my book, Shameless Plug, but it's studying the lives of the greats. And it's for that reason. To think that these people like the Stoics and these people throughout history, uh, these males and these females, these heroes, these villains, can record their life and every mistake and every pro and every con into a book that you could read thousands of years later and they have no selling point to you. They're not make, Their estate isn't making any money out of this. They have no reason for these words to exist. They're not there for you. They're just there because they lived in this world and were able to leave some type of legacy recorded which is what I think books are. So I'm very point. big on that, man. Yeah, especially uh, like Stoic philosophy. I keep circling back because these guys observed life, right? And these guys were able to, you know, like if you think about Marcus Aurelius, which is, which is the emperor of Rome, the only philosopher king, and he was still sitting down at the end of his night and journaling, you know, basically criticism to himself. Like, hey, man, you're not doing enough. You're not, you're seeing this wrong. You need to be stronger. Your inner citadel needs to be, you know, better. You need to deal with uh, jealous people, angry people throughout your world. Like, and this is a dude that could have sat on his ass and literally had grapes fed into his mouth. But instead, he was for the people and he was such about philosophy and such about life, which philosophy by definition is the study of life, that he was able to humble himself as a king and actually be the only Roman, you know, king of the people. And, and at that time, with all the tyranny that was going on, that was extremely rare. And that's what sticks out to me. Marcus Aurelius's meditations 
are not around for Jose to be able to have a better morning or be able to have a better day. But damn it, those words just seem to sting the same exact way because at the end of the day, whether you're a king, whether you're a pleb, life throws the same types of baseballs at you, and it just depends how you can handle those baseballs. You can take them out the park or you can let them strike you out, um, and it doesn't matter who you are. And w when you read about stuff like that, man, it opens up a whole bunch of Pandora's boxes for you, man. I agree. The, Reading is key. Uh, I'm reading a book right now where, you know, the author is talking about how he created a painting about his his uh, his hero, or I wouldn't even say his heroes, people that he looks up to in history. And um, he's he's basically saying that he has this painting and, and it sits in, in his home office. And um, I think this is such a brilliant idea. I, I'm, I'm totally going to steal this idea <laughs> when I can afford a painter to do it for me, by the way. Uh, but it's a great idea. But he says that he has, he has his heroes that he, that he has throughout history and that he has these heroes in a painting and he, he, put, he puts them in there. And I think he has, like, he has Einstein in there. He has Martin Luther King. Um, he has Milton Friedman, I believe. Um, he has Tupac Shakur, surprisingly. Nice. Uh, and then he has, like, uh, uh, Gandhi's in there. Uh, John F. Kennedy's in there. Abraham Lincoln's in there. So he has, like, a couple, some, some different people, you know, in, 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 this, in, this, uh, in this painting. And uh, he talks about that whenever he's in a situation that he can't figure out or that he's in a business situation or a business decision that he's unable to, you know, you know, wrap his head around or, or, the, or that he can't uh, figure out for whatever reason that he just stares at his, his heroes, his, his painting. And he's like, what, what would these greats do? You know, and, and it's literally a picture or it's a painting of them sitting in a room and in the book, it's them sitting in a room all gathered around in this kind of like meeting room. And they're just like talking amongst each other. So it, it's kind of it's kind of funny how like uh, I, I think it's just a brilliant idea. Like if you you pick your your own heroes, your own type of people that you look up to, and and you kind of visualize them in a room with you, and you you think like how would they go about you know creating this piece of content or or or, or this right. uh, or this business decision that you're trying to grapple with. Or, or, or this key decision in your life, like what would they have done or what would they have said? I know it's kind of, sounds kind of dumb, but it, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's a way to get your, your head wrapped around like how, how successful these guys were or unsuccessful they were. Um, but uh, when I started, I started writing down a list because it encouraged, that book encourages you to like write down a list of your heroes. I was like, man, this is a really fucked up list of people yeah. <laughs> that, that, I, that I had on that list because they're just, totally fucking out there weirdos you know yeah it's like damn Nah, it's not dumb at all i have you can't see it here but i have a small little portrait of marcus aurelius here uh, or oh, what nice. marcus or what marcus aurelius was supposed to look like of course um and then right holding up the camera right now above my computer is meditations from marcus aurelius and i got a bunch of highlights and indentations in there and in my backpack everywhere i go i also have another copy of meditations from marcus aurelius i'm gonna have to read that book yeah, it's, it's, um, it's more like his, you know, I hate to say, it's, it's his journal entries, right? So it's not like a streamlined book back and forth. But if you know about Marcus Aurelius, um, these little, you know, if you want to call them verses, right? It's not a Bible, but if you want to call them verses, 
Um, they really stick out, man. He, he Like, I read one this morning where he was basically saying, you know, I need to be like an emerald, right? I need to always know who I am, and I never can change my color. Like, that's something that I need Damn. to do. And, and, and just small little, sometimes they're paragraphs, sometimes they're just one bars. But to think, once again, that the guy that could have been tyrannical and could have been stealing from, pillaging from the people and doing all crazy shit like all the other Roman emperors were, this guy was focused on improving himself, being better, being about the people. He talks a lot about, you know, what what's uh, what's good for the bee is good for the hive. That that's one of his things that he's really big on, and he's all about that. Like, why into- why be the intoxicating bee to a whole hive when we can work together and make the hive successful, right? And and, and get the honey and what we need. He's really big on things like that, and he wasn't just an average day dude. He he had. He had to lead an entire nation, if you think about it, and it's it's super mm-hmm. humbling. But there's other guys. There's Seneca. Um, there, there's a bunch of uh, all the Stoics, in my opinion. If you go all the way up and down the list, uh, Confucius, uh, Rutilius, Rufus, uh, so many guys. But these guys were basically like virtuous men. You know, we 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 fight. We we you know we're we're always there. We always live life the right way. Um, sort it, this was pre Christianity, but sort of that sense, right? Whereas like we're we're about people. Um, and, and it's incredible to to read these things thousands of years later. But I, that's a long winded answer to basically say that I don't think it's stupid at all. Uh, that's why some people have a bust of certain individuals in their libraries, right? Because they want to be reminded of these people. They want to be virtuous like these people. Um, and I can't be virtuous from, you know, like a Grant Cardone. I, I can't be virtuous. <laughs> you know, like like there's a lot of great people out there. Let's say Tony Robbins. Like, listen, Tony Robbins has been doing good things for a long time. That's fantastic. But to me personally. I still think Tony Robbins still has to pay some bills and Tony Robbins is going to get my money as fast as possible. Some people say that that's a value trade and I do respect that. Like if I need that in my life and I want to pay for that, fantastic. But once again, if I could just buy a copy of Meditations and know that Marcus Aurelius has no bearing whatsoever if I succeed or fail and I learn life advice, you know, this is the thing. I don't know if you ever heard this where they say you can't choose who your parents are, but you can choose who you learn from. And, and I think that's super powerful because although my parents are still together and I'm thankful for that and I've learned a ton from my parents and I see them every day and I'm thankful for that. You know, there's a lot of people that don't have that, you know, privilege to have their parents together or to have their dad or mother around or both around. And I think it's super important for people to think that you can still get life information from people in the past, even though they're not necessarily related to you. Uh, you know, the, the Stoics are one of those examples, but yeah, I never thought of it like that. I guess you know, when you when you kind of really come down to it, I guess a lot of these people, like Gary Vee and um, yeah, like Ty Lopez and yeah, like you said, Grant Cardone. I guess they're all kind of stealing from from the greats, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, listen, everybody who's at least especially capitalists would just say, ah, Jose's just complaining about wah, 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 wah. They put together value. But listen, I have paid my hard earned money for Russell Brunson courses uh, for marketing and things like that. I have paid, uh, you know, thousands of dollars for courses that literally give you nothing in return. And that doesn't mean that that applies to everybody across the board. But what it means to me is that if this if this person could benefit from my misery, Right. And if they can tell good stories, because I understand marketing, if they could still tell good stories and, and do the hero's journey. Right. And from bottom to top and Jose could make it, too. That's why six pack abs will always work. That's why, you know, six figure side hustle will always work, because if you can capitalize for my pain point, you're going to do it every single time. And what you're going to tell me is, boo hoo, you should have figured it out before me. And what I'm going to tell you is I don't give a fuck about fiat. I don't give a fuck about money. I give a fuck about the person. 
So if I could give this information for free, why am I charging motherfuckers three grand? That's my that's my take. But whatever. Yeah. What so one of the things that you know that I had the that I had the biggest problem with was, you know, for the longest time, I had this stance that I didn't want to put ads in my podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And and I didn't. I didn't put any ads in my podcast. I never put any ads in my podcast. I actually hate ads in podcasts. I think they I think they ruin the experience. Um. But that, and that, that's just how I personally feel. Sure. At least for mine. Everybody's their own thing. I, and I respect that. Everybody has to make a living. Um, but for me, I never wanted to put ads in my podcast. And then I, then I decided, okay, well, let me go a, a subscription paywall. Right? And, and so we did that for three years. And it worked. Right? But it, it, it worked in a way where I, it, I didn't like the feeling that I got from it. Because... It felt it still felt like shilling, and it, it still felt like it was unfair because I wasn't sharing it with everybody, and it felt like it was like a like a club, like it was like a like a like its own type of um, you know closed loop kind of thing. Everybody in the club loved it because it was its own private club, but it, it didn't feel like like it was it was serving a purpose for the greater community. Yes, we would still release free episodes, but the good shit was behind a paywall. And then, and then this year, you know, I, I realized, like, you know what? You just need to release it all for free. Like, you just need to release it all. The good shit, you know, release it all for free. Switch to a donation-only model. That's the way. Like, you, you, can't, you can't create this private club no matter how good you, you think your shit is, it, it's probably not as good as you think it is. Just release it for free. If people share it, cool. If they get some kind of benefit from it, cool. You know, you're, you're making somebody's day that much more better. You're, 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 you're contributing to society in one way or another. Yes, you're not putting ads in it. Yes, you're not, you're not shilling anything. Yes, you're, you're doing it the correct way. Yes, there's no paywall. Yes, you're probably leaving a shit ton of money on the table because you're not, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you're not accepting money from BlockFi. You're not accepting money from Kraken. Yes, you're turning down money from Coinbase. Yes, you're turning down money from all these other, you know, exchanges that want to, you know, sponsor on your on your podcast. But at the end of the day, it's it's the right thing to do, right? And, and so that's what we did. You know, that's what it took me a long time to kind of realize that, but that's what I did. So that's why I switched to donation only model. Surprisingly, only one person unsubscribed. One person unsubscribed and said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on this, <laughs> you know, and I have t- nothing but respect for that person. I think it's awesome. They want to save an extra $70, $75 fiat. And buy Bitcoin. That's cool. I think. I think you know. I think that's the smartest thing you could do. Um, but to the, all the other people that stayed on, man, you're 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 fucking amazing people. Like the fact that you believe in in, in what we're creating here at Thriller. Like fucking, you're amazing people. Like like um, for so long, Jose, I was fucking under the water, bro. Like people don't realize how much it costs to make a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't realize the man hours that it takes to make a podcast. Like, dude, there was years, bro, where I was just under fucking water, just in in debt of just creating this podcast. There were years of shit my wife would give me just for fucking creating this podcast. 
dude, like to go to conferences, to travel, to record, to put up with all the bullshit that you have to put up with, with all these PR people, like, dude, like it fucking sucks, bro. And then not only that, you fucking get scammed by these people. And then you have to go through the ringer with all these fucking people like consensus and fucking Ethereum heads and fucking all types of shit you put up with, like people from Cardano and all these fucking shill projects and these fucking DeFi fucks, like all these people, bro, like it fucking sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's moments where, you know, they, they, they offer you a fuck ton of money through tokens or something and you're fucking tempted because you have fucking people that you're friends with, like fucking Crypto Windy or Ken Bozak who are fucking making tons of fucking money who you used to be really good friends with, but now they won't fucking answer your DM or take your fucking call because now you're a fucking Bitcoin maxi and they fucking hate your guts, right? But now they're on the cover of fucking the Washington Post because they've been shilling effectively. Like, yeah, dude, it fucking sucks. Like, it, it fucking sucks to know that you're good friends with these people, but now they don't want anything to do with you anymore, right? Because now they yeah. think you turn to the dark side, right? But... In all of that, I kept my I kept my fucking uh, morals intact. I never took any fucking money. I never took any fucking tokens. Never took any fucking ICO money. I never I never shilled anything. You know, I told I, you know they would they would they would try to offer me, hey, you mind shilling this if you do a meetup? Or, no, I don't want to do that. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Hey, uh, if you have this guy on your podcast, we can offer you this amount. No, I don't want that. You know, not knowing all this stuff that they were just profiting off of coming on the podcast, not knowing what I was doing, dude, because I just didn't understand the space, right? I didn't understand how all of that worked behind the scenes. I was just fucking naive, bro. Luckily, you know, I, I had met uh, um, Gary Leland. He uh, he started the Bitblock Boom Conference. And luckily that guy, dude, he kind of took me under his wing. You know, he he was a Bitcoin maxi from the beginning. You know, he was like, hey, why don't you come to the Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitblock boom? You know, check out, you, you live in Austin, come over. Here's a free ticket. Just cover it, just cover it, right? I was like, cool, Gary, I'll go cover it. Dude, fucking unlock my brain, right? In 2019, unlock my brain. I was like, wow, this is, now I understand a little bit, right? Didn't fully grasp it, but understood a little bit. And more and more, dude, I started opening my eyes up to what fucking Ethereum was doing. You know, and then once Ethereum got over a certain amount of money, dude, fucking these fuckers that I used to talk to in the Ethereum space fucking changed, man. Like they are on another fucking level of type of behavior, dude, that is just unfucking real. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I realized was that this is not just a like, you know, you know, get rich quick scheme for Ethereum, dude. This is like them trying to fully attack Bitcoin now. And and so one of the things that I want to do is make sure that I'm on the right side of history, you know, and I want to make sure that I'm doing my part to make sure that, you know, fucking humanity has a, a good chance of fucking surviving, you know, not only for like my nieces and my nephews, but like, you know, that you, that all the information is out there, that everybody's fully equipped to like, you know, take on whatever we have to take on. And so that's why I've been on this whole kick. Like, you know, dude, we have to hold the line. We have to defend Bitcoin at any cost. And like, you know, I, I don't think it's ridiculous for for people to, to take this stuff seriously. I, I just don't. And, um, and, and, you know, I really am appreciative to people like Gary Leland because I think if he would have never took me under his wing and, gotten me orange pilled effectively dude 
who knows, <laughs> you know, where I would have been, you know, as, as a, uh, as a Bitcoiner, I probably would have still been covering Ethereum stuff, you know? Um, but thank God, you know, it took me a long time to like move from like the covering everything to just covering Bitcoin to now just primarily focused just in Bitcoin. And it really took me um, a long time to understand why that information needs to be free. And, um, and that's kind of how I feel about that. So whenever I see these other podcasts, you know, start shilling, you know, whatever the fuck they're shilling or, you know, promoting whatever the fuck they're promoting, I just am kind of like, just kind of, you know, disgusted is like, you know, an understatement, but I had this guy that I went to this, this fuck Elon Musk thing for, you know. Yeah, man. How Max, was that, man? Max, I saw, I yeah, saw it, it on was, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun, but there was this guy I was sitting next to and, um, he was an older gentleman and, uh, you know, he was talking about, yeah, I have Bitcoin, blah, 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 blah. And he was asking, he was like, what are you here for? And I was like, oh, I'm just here just to, you know, you know, just to hear show support, you know, cover the event. Um, you know, I was just going to take some pictures, you know, post about it on social media, just kind of do that kind of stuff. I wasn't going to make a podcast or anything about it, but just kind of be there for support. You know, I try to go yep. to every Bitcoin thing in the, in the area. Um, but he was seen there and then he started talking to me. He was like, so what do you do? You know, I was like, oh, I have, I have a podcast. You should check it out. Uh, he was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, I, I listened to so-and-so podcast. I won't say which one it is because fuck that guy. <laughs> um, he, doesn't get, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't get any fucking attention on this fucking podcast. I love it. I probably guess who it is, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, the, the, that motherfucker, he's like, hey, would you want to come on? No, fuck you, bro. I don't want to come on your fucking show. Yeah. Fuck you, you piece of shit. I love it though. That's sticking to your guns. That's sticking to your virtues, though. No, like you dude, said, I would, the, the... I would never come on his show because you know it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, uh, "Fuck you!" It's it, no, dude. Like, uh, how about how, how about this? I'll come on your show if you don't have any ads for the entire show. And they, the won't, they won't. They won't do it. Yeah. They won't do it. So there you go. <laughs> now, and, 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 and most of these guys can't do it, even if they wanted to. Exactly. Con contractually, exactly. everybody's set up to do it. I noticed exactly. something. Uh, I noticed something. I love. Um, if it's the same guy we're talking about, then you probably know who I'm talking about. But anyways, in the last episode or the last few, they had Parker Lewis on. And, you know, Parker Lewis was going on his, you know, gradually then suddenly stuff, which was fantastic, by the way. Uh, but I noticed that the ad that came on right before Parker Lewis got some mic attention was a bunch of shit cornery stuff and Kassab, which is literally, you know, Unchained Capital's I would say direct competitor when it comes to the multi-six space or whatever. So it, it was kind of like, like you said, even if the gentleman who who runs this podcast wanted to remove that ad because it conflicted with the guest, he, he wasn't able to. And they ran it and the ad ran. And then immediately after that, Parker comes on and I'm just like, yeah, you, you got to give your guests the respect to, to say, hey, if you come in here and bless me with the wisdom, I'm not going to run an ad for one of your competitors. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And so this guy goes, this guy goes, he goes, yeah, I've been listening to so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I'm really into, I have all my Bitcoin on, on, on BlockFi. That's what he says. Hey. Yeah. Man. And I'm like, wow. 
Okay, and and this that not right that moment is not the time for me to educate the guy. Yeah. Why why BlockFi is not good for him, right? He's an older gentleman. He's in, he's literally he's just said that he retired. He's gonna live off his BlockFi interest. This is what he's telling me. Yeah. He's living off his BlockFi interest. He just retired from his uh, Texas DPS uh, Department of Public Safety job after so many years. He's living off his BlockFi interest. And uh, he has, he just got the credit card. So he's going to start swiping all that stuff. And I'm just like, oh man, dude, like this yeah. is, this is not going to end well for this guy. And he's like, yeah, I just figured, you know, I start spending some of my Bitcoin before it's too late. That's what he tells me. And then right next to him is, 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 his, is his daughter and then the daughter's husband. And they're all sitting front row and stuff. Um, and I'm just like, man, you know. And they so, gotta do their work, man. Yeah, and, and so it's just like you know, those are the people I feel bad for. Yeah, like those are the people that you know. When I think about, you know, who's it hurting? Who, who's, who's, who's the, uh, who's actually not benefiting from all this? Are those people the people that are new yeah. into Bitcoin, who are who are getting, who are gonna get their eyeballs ripped off? You know, those are the people because they don't know anything about how BlockFi is, uh, you know, a complete scam, how they're, how they're making their money behind the scenes, you know, how all of that is structured in a way to where they probably won't see, ever see that Bitcoin again, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's completely different than how Unchained does it. You know, you know, that's a company that I have a lot of respect for. A lot of people... There's a lot of shit right now, you know, being talked about them, but they do it a completely different way. I don't give a fuck what JD, JW says, but. Yeah, um, J, JW, man. Listen, I, I've actually had the interaction with him on a clubhouse room where I asked should, him. You, sh you, should be, you should bring him on the podcast. That'd be an interesting conversation. JW? Nah, <laughs> man. I wouldn't even give him the light of day. Listen, I went on. He was trying to talk me out of hardware wallet and trying to set, like on clubhouse in front of like 500 people. He was trying to tell me that I should get rid of my code card. And that I should jump on uh, his method of it, whatever, which is, oh, you just buy like a, a basic Windows laptop from Walmart and all this. And I was like, my man, like, you're not telling me why I should dump my code card. You're just simply telling me to dump the code card. And then a little bit after that, MVK happened to jump into the same room and they, they went back and forth in this whole spat back and forth. But yeah, that dude, hey, he, he's, he's just a fraud, man. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I, I might be a little biased, obviously, because of employment. But even before that, I, I, I love the way Unchained was handling business, right? I think it was just one of those things where it's mitigated, where it's like you got to give up some things that I guess the regular Maxi doesn't approve of. But the benefit you get in return of being able to, like, you know, multi-sig up and do it correctly and get the help to do it, I, I think it's a valuable source. It's a valuable, a valuable service to provide. But people would say I'm biased. I, I, I think, uh, I think, you know, I think there's some of the things that JW says that does that does provide real, you know, that is relevant, you know, on other subjects. I just think on this particular subject, I disagree. Yeah. But, you know, there's other things that I've heard him talk about there. I'm just like, that's right. You yeah, know, I, I, just, I think he was. Uh, what's his beef? Uh, Go ahead. No, the, he's he's talked about Ethereum, you know, and he's he's gone in depth about Ethereum and why you know it's not why it's not decentralized. And he's like, there's other there's other topics that he's literally talked about where I'm like, he's fucking right. Like, yeah, this but is would you exactly, say would you say that's a softball though? I think we all know that at this point. No, I don't but think he's, he's actually gone. He's actually gone into like the literally like line I've done a podcast um where I've you know we we played some JW clips and he's like fucking hit him out of the park every single one. Sweet. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's 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 things where he's actually like 
really gone in depth where I'm like, man, this guy's fucking hitting it out of the park. So like, yeah, there's some stuff where I'm just like, yeah, I totally respect him for some of the things that he said in the past. Uh, but I, I think just on this particular, I think just on this particular topic, I think when he had tweeted that out where I think one of his friends had, you know, lost big or something, I was just like, yeah, I think he's just too close to the wound on that. I think, I think if, you know, like if you had gotten screwed over by so-and-so company, of course I'm going to be like, fuck that company. Fuck them. They screwed over Jose. Fuck, you know, because I'm yeah. too close to the, I'm too close to the source. Right. But you know, it's, it's, yeah. I think if any other person probably wouldn't feel that way, you know, right, right. because you know, they're not friends. Yeah, no, and yeah, if you distance yourself, you could see rationale on both sides and you'll be able exactly. to make a, a better decision than them. I agree. Uh, but yeah, that dude just has a bad track record. of. It kind of just seems like he picks on the wrong thing for clout. And I, I haven't seen much of the stuff that you noticed, which is his insightful stuff. Um, oh, yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. That There's there's some good stuff there. It's, it's yeah. just not all not all bad stuff. He's not I think doing himself any think, favors. No, that's why I think there's so many, there's so many Bitcoin maxis where, you know, I think they say one bad thing and that's another thing in this space. I think people just need to like ease up on like Bitcoin maxis can have a bad take. <laughs> that's okay. And that's okay. Well, like, uh. Yeah. I, I don't see like, well, obviously you can't c commit the cardinal sin of, of fucking like, you know, greed love. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. You can't definitely do that. Cause you, you know, better you fucking know better, but yeah. you know, um, but like, yeah, you can have a bad take on on simple stuff like this. I don't think that's a big deal. I think I think holding somebody over the ringer, you know, for a bad take is just kind of I think that's childish. Yeah. You know, like I think sure. I'm gonna have a bad take. I'm I'm pretty sure I've had bad takes before, I'm, and I'm gonna continue to, you know, to probably take swings and have bad takes. You know, um, yeah, yeah. When I'm gonna when I'm gonna release this weekend, it will probably be a bad take. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm sure people will be like, "Man, man, car, you went too far on that on that on that Elon episode." I'm gonna be like, "Well, I guess that was a bad take," but yeah. still, you know, that's how I felt. You know, I'll, I'll take the blowback, whatever. But it was still my opinion. That's how I feel. But whatever. Um, and we should be allowed to change. That's the thing. We grow. We, we get new insight. We get new details. Yeah, I mean, how are you supposed to learn from your peers if you're not willing to go out there and take and take a swing? And then if you miss, if you whiff, you know, your peers are supposed to tell you like, hey, man, that's a fucking bad take. This is why it's a bad take. And if if you're not willing to, you know, take a moment of, of reflection and say, well, shit, Jose's telling me it's a bad take. Fucking Vlad's telling me it's a bad take fucking everybody's telling me it's a bad take well fuck these guys know me it's probably a bad take right yeah right i'm gonna I listen agree. to these guys you know what i mean and i think i think the bitcoin maxis that don't reflect you know that don't actually take a step back and realize hey these guys are my friends they're not just like you know just saying this just to get clout on twitter they're actually looking out for me you know what i mean yeah well that's why i think it's important to you know do what we did and actually meet you know, people in person, right? Meet these Bitcoiners in person yeah, and, and be able to get a relationship that's away from Twitter. Because uh, that's that old thing that happens, especially in relationships where, you know, listen, your your spouse could send you a message. You read that shit the wrong way and that could fuck up your day. <laughs> that could yeah. fuck up your whole day. So I think Twitter is that times a thousand where it's like, look, 
and a car could say something very insightful, and I've read it the wrong fucking way, and I could be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And then it could just spiral yeah. out of control on some stupid shit. So meeting people is important, and, and this space especially. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think without meeting somebody, you really don't know like how they're how they how they talk or how they speak, and so you're you're reading it out, and you're like, oh, this person's always angry the way he the way he well, he tweets out stuff, but until you know how they uh, how they talk, you can hear their snark snarkiness, you know. Yeah, nah, for sure. I, I don't even think we told the. Let's talk about Thriller Premium and Thriller mm -hmm. Records, right? That's those are the yeah. two brands you got. Yeah, I, we weren't right into it, man. We're about like an hour in and didn't even talk about it. Oh, so, shit. so let the listeners know about each of those and how they work together. Yeah, I I I started so I thought I started a Thriller podcast media back in 2017. Um, and that was just to cover everything, you know, everything crypto and stuff like that, just because I just didn't understand anything at that point. Um, and then at, at a certain point, <laughs> one of the one of the listeners, you know, was like, hey, man, uh, you, you need a better name for your for your podcast, you know, and I was like, <laughs> I don't have a better name, man. They're like, you should call it Thriller X. And I was like, damn, that's fucking cool, bro. And I was like, Thriller X, that sounds awesome. I was like, did you already buy the domain? Is that why you're telling me that? So I went to go look, <laughs> and no, the, the domain was was there. I forget who told me. I think it was Michael, one of one of my listeners. Um, he was, I, I don't know, I don't know if it was Mike, it was somebody uh in, in our telegram, but uh he he had told me that. And I was like, man, that's such a badass name. I was like, you mind if I use it? He's like, Yeah. So I, yeah, I literally used it and and then I I I uh we went by we went by Thriller X. And then so um, when I created the the Substack, um, which was when we did the whole, you know, premium shows, it was a way to like separate ourselves from regular podcasting because I felt at that point podcasting had just reached a, a plateau where you know that's when Spotify had jumped in. That's when uh, Rogan, uh, I guess, no, he was he was Rogan was still doing. No, I think he had just sold out to Spotify at that point. It, it was all during that time where podcasting had had ballooned up and yep. it was basically become another Netflix where it would just commoditized. And I was like, right. well, the next step is premium podcasting. Like to me, I saw that clear as day. I was like, premium podcasting is the next step. That was in 2019. I saw that clear as day. So that's when I doubled down. I was like, well, I'm going to go premium and we're going to create some cool shit. And, and so we started doing that. Um, but at that point I was still covering like everything, but it was just more premium. And we started doing a little bit more investigative kind of journalism stuff. Uh, and it was, I thought it was very successful. We kind of finally towards the end of 2020, we started finally like breaking close to even as far as operational costs. Um, and then, uh, in 2021, which was this year, I started having that feeling like, Hey, you know, I really don't want to cover Ethereum anymore. Like, I don't want to cover anything else but Bitcoin. I was already a Bitcoin maximalist, you know, by August of last year. Like, I was already feeling like, you know, I'm just not into covering, you know, anything Ethereum. But I was doing it because the vast majority of my listeners were were into everything. So I felt obligated, you know, to, to, to cover everything, right? Um, and so that's where I was like, you know that's where you kind of feel beholden to, to to do certain things. And, and, and I wasn't just happy. I wasn't happy doing it. And I didn't let anybody know, but that's, we just kept doing it. 
And then it was it was a right around um, towards the end of December where I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make an LLC now because after a certain point, you know, I was just like, you know what, we need just need to get we just need to get legaled up, man, because <laughs> uh, if we're going to go Bitcoin, you know, there's definitely going to be some legal stuff that's going to happen, and um, you know, it, I just felt like I, we were, we were getting big enough to where I was like, okay, we just need to. We need to just make sure that we're set up everything legal. So that's when we made Thriller X Recordings LLC here in Austin, Texas. I found a really great accountant, and then she takes care of all that stuff. I, I like to call her. She's like my Sal Goodman. She's like the <laughs> one that um, that makes shit work. Love it. Oh, <laughs> so if you're somebody who's starting looking to start an LLC, find yourself a Sal Goodman. I would say interview as many people as you can. Don't feel bad about interviewing them. Just find somebody who's going to be your Sal Goodman. And I mean that like not because you want to do illegal shit, but I mean that because they're good with money, right? Um, so find somebody like that, somebody you can trust, somebody you know right from the get that you're going to have a good relationship with because those are the people that you're going to have to tell, you know, your your dark secrets to. So like you need to find somebody like that. Um, so that's what I did. I found somebody like that. And then... Um, so yeah, started the LLC, um, made us legit, and then um, in January, February, I started saying, I started saying to myself, like, you know, we just need to move to Bitcoin at this point, and we started releasing less and less content uh, of everything else because I was like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna slowly siphon off these guys. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, I'm gonna slowly stop. I'm gonna wean off everybody from the Ethereum stuff and the crypto stuff, and slowly start orange pilling the listeners and they don't know this first time I'm talking about this publicly. So I'm going to slowly <laughs> orange pill the listeners into Bitcoin. They're just not going to realize that I'm orange pilling them. And so over the course of January, 2021 through June or through the end of May, I was orange pilling everybody who was listening to the podcast or the premium stuff. And, you know, I think only, I think we only lost like three people and one person had said, He's like, hey, man, uh, sorry, I got to jump out. You just have become too much of a Bitcoin maxi. And I, I refunded him his money. I was like, hey, here's here's your refund for the full amount. Because I just don't want any, I didn't want to harbor any bad feelings. That's sure. just how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so, yeah, we started doing that. And uh, luckily, everybody just stayed on board. And then in June, we went the, the donation model because I felt like at that point, you know, if we're going to do everything Bitcoin, I don't want to be beholden to anybody even my subscribers, um, you know, if they're going to, if they're going to be a part of this, I want them to do it as a donation. Um, and so, yeah. And so that's kind of what we're doing now. And so that's kind of what Thriller Premium is. We're working on a site right now called thrillerbitcoin.com. Don't go to it. It's not up yet, but, um, we're building it. It's going to be thrillerbitcoin.com. And eventually what we plan on doing is moving all our content onto thrillerbitcoin.com. And it's literally going to have all our podcasts, all our all our articles. It's going to be a way cleaner experience than the Substack platform that we're using right now. So it's just going to be a cleaner look. And um, and if you have your mobile, it's going to look really clean, dude. So people will be able to listen to the podcast from there. They'll be able to read our articles from there. Uh, they'll be able to subscribe easier. Um, it's going to be a much cleaner experience than doing it on the Substack or through thrillerpremium.com. 
and through Medium, so you don't have to keep jumping through different websites. Everything will be at thrillerbitcoin.com, and then you can literally just kind of, you know, browse in one site and just kind of, um, yeah, just use it through the web. And that's that's our that's kind of what we're building. We're hopefully have that rolled out by hopefully the end of August. I'm just taking my time with it because I don't want to um, rush it. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's kind of what we're building next. It's just thrillerbitcoin.com and trying to make that that website as clean as we can. And that's a problem is that, you know, over time we really, um, I'm not trying to change our name or anything like that. We're still going to be called Thriller Premium and all that stuff. It's just that I'm trying to, trying to, I'm trying to create the best content as possible, but I'm also trying to offer a clean experience. I'm always trying to refine our, 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 um, the, the listener experience. I'm always trying to refine everything. And if I can put less and less barriers for the listener, for the, for the person, I'm going to always do that. So, um, like this new website's not going to track you with cookies. It's not going to have any kind of like, you know, any kind of thing where you have to like sign up or anything like that. It, it's all going to be like, Hey, if you want to subscribe, cool, you'll get, a, you'll get an email address that'll, you know, on, you'll get a, you'll get a newsletter. that tells you we have a new post. If you don't, you don't have to, you just click it and you hit play. But if you, if you want to donate here, you can donate here that supports us. But if you don't want to keep using it and it's just going to be fluid and it, no, there's not going to be any ads. There's no paywalls. It's just clean Bitcoin content at its highest level or the highest level that I can produce right now. Um, and so hopefully over time, I keep getting better and the content keeps getting better too as well. The old, and we're moving it to a platform that is completely decentralized. Um, it's using Ghost. So Ghost is like this new platform that is um, decentralizes, decentralized because they use um, some servers in the Netherlands. So, uh, so hopefully, um, you know, if I, I expect at some point we're going to get attacked or somebody's going to try to hack us or, you know, I'm just expecting it at a certain point. And uh, if they do, they won't be able to do it through through thrillerbitcoin.com because that'll be you know obfuscated from away from all of that. But you know if they wanted to attack us, you know on Substack, all they have to do is just send a cease and desist to Substack and say, hey, these fuckers, uh, you know, are bothering us. Please pull their you know publication, and then Substack pulls me, and then you know there goes all our donations and stuff. So yeah. I'm already planning for you know us getting pulled at a certain point. Uh, yeah, and that's that why we're well moving. Out. Yeah, that's why we're moving to thrillerbitcoin.com at, at you know by the end of the year. Um because you know ultimately our our end goal and our goal now is to defend bitcoin. Like that's our thing now is we're going to defend bitcoin and we're going to hold the line because what we're seeing now and this is this kind of goes back over and over again what I've been talking about is that we just keep getting attacked uh, from the media. We keep getting attacked by central banks. We keep getting attacked by people from Ethereum. Um, people don't realize this, but fucking Joe Lubin has already, you know, gone through the back door and is working directly with the World Economic Forum at this point. He's working directly with the BIS. He's working directly with the European Central Bank. He's working directly with all these you know, different type of institutional institutional banks across the world, right? People's Bank of China. Like, this is all happening. You can all see it at thrillerprima.com. You go listen to the Green Swan event conference that we covered. 
Like this is all, this is all there to be looked at. And all these meth heads that don't understand that are fucking retarded. You know, I'm yeah. sorry to use that word, but they, they just are not understanding this. So to think that this guy's playing fair, it's just not possible. You know, it's just not, it's not real. Like these right. guys, these guys in Ethereum aren't playing fair. They're just not playing fair. They're going some, they're going after comp something completely different than what Bitcoiners are going after. We're going after, you know, saving humanity. These guys in Ethereum are going after to make sure that we keep the same system that we have now intact and that right. they're going to benefit from it, you know? And, and they'll, so, be, they'll be the only ones that benefit from it. Exactly. Right, and they've right. already divvied up their, their, their Ethereum to whoever they had to to make sure that this goes their way. And so this is, this is the way forward that they want to push. And that's why you look at that World Economic Forum crypto council that they've made, and you see Joe Lubin's big old bald head right in the middle of it. That's what I'm saying. And, and you, people wonder, like, why, well, if it's, it's, if, it's, if, it's, uh, if it's a decentralized, you know, if it's decentralized, right, like, you know, it'll just work and blah, blah, blah. No, the reason it's working right now is because they haven't gone after those people. And the reason they haven't gone after those people is because people like uh, the, the, the people from Uniswap, that, that big decentralized protocol. Yep. You know how decentralized that is? It's so yep. decentralized that they have the the main guy or one of the main guys on the crypto council for the web economic forum on there, on the on that leadership team. Right. That's how decentralized it is. You're telling me that a, a decentralized protocol is gonna need somebody to be on the world economic forum, you know, fucking leadership council. That's why the SEC hasn't gone after them. That's why, you know, you know, they're not getting fined, you, you know, you, yeah, they're protected. But, uh, but you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but Ether Delta got fined right away back in 2018 because they, they created the decks back then and they went after them. That yeah. was these quote unquote decentralized. What's the difference? Oh, it's because lo and behold, this guy's on this uh, crypto council leadership committee and oh all of a sudden uniswaps you can't touch me you can't touch uniswap like what the fuck's going on yeah yeah no one's talking about this decrypt's not reporting it why isn't decrypt reporting this oh is it because joseph lubin is funding decrypt personally with his bankroll that's why yeah. why is it coindesk covering it oh is it because dcg owns owns coindesk and is is owns mo mostly most of you know, of, of these assets that are out there. Yeah. Right. Coin telegraph. Why aren't they covering that? I can go on and on, bro. Yeah. But this it's industry is bought and paid for. And that's why you need independent journalists like myself to go out there and cover this shit because they won't cover it. And then guess what? The mainstream media is not going to know this information because they won't cover it. Thank they just you. don't know this space. So you need people like me around to cover this shit because we're the only ones that are going to be around to tell the truth. And you can't depend on podcasters who are taking money from these, from these people. Like right. you can't depend on the people that are taking money from BlockFi, that are taking money from, you know, whoever the fuck, because they won't report on this stuff because they can't. And you can't depend on the, the, Ethereum, the, the, the Ethereum podcasters because guess what? They're taking money from these DeFi protocols too as well. Right, right. So you literally need independent Bitcoin podcasters right? Like, you know, like yourself, like other people to actually report this stuff, because if they're not reporting on it, then how the fuck are we supposed to know when we're being swindled or who, or when we're not being swindled? 
I'm not, I don't have no agenda. The only agenda I have is to defend Bitcoin and to hold the fucking line. That's it. If you're attacking Bitcoin, guess what? Car's going to attack back. Yeah, we're gonna like, show that's, up that's, that's the only agenda I have. Yeah, and I that's agree. All, that's why, and that's why we're going after Elon Musk this weekend. Well, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. What happened this weekend? I thought the event already happened. What's happening this weekend? I'm lost. Oh, so I don't know if you remember, but Elon Musk attacked Bitcoin. How many times already? It's been a, it's been a lot. Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the most recent one? I, I've been. Oh, let me give you a little context. I've been on uh, family vacation for about a week and a half. I have not been on Twitter. What's going on, man? Hit me. So you know, in the space, you have so many people, and I respect the fuck out of them, right? Yep. I respect a lot of people, you know. People thought I was crazy when I said there was a full attack on Bitcoin earlier this year. People thought I was crazy. You know, I got a couple emails. Oh, car, you're 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 just exaggerating, man. A couple DMs, Telegram. Oh, car, you know, there you go again. You're on your kick, bro. Chill out, bro. Get laid, bro. People people don't realize that we get <laughs> that we get, get laid. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're they're just listeners. Oh, boy. people don't realize that we get one shot at this, dude. Yeah. Right. For we, can't fuck, we can't fuck this up, bro. Yeah. Like, we have immaculate conception with Bitcoin. We have to hold the fucking line. That's how I feel about this. Yeah. So, so if you're creating content around defending Bitcoin, I have tremendous respect for you. Tremendous respect for you. And, and, and people, know, people know who these people are, right? We don't need to say their names. People know. And, and if you're sacrificing and you're giving to others and, and you're leaving profit, on the table to do this and it, and it's and it's unseen like fucking dude i have tremendous respect for those people right like all those people because there's a lot of people like that in the in the space a lot of people having said all that the problem with bitcoiners having said all that right the problem with bitcoiners is that they are trying to defend and argue against this ESG narrative. Right? Yep. That's a problem. That's a big problem. They're trying to argue and defend against an ESG narrative. It's not something that we came up with. It's not something that we said we need to tackle. It's not even something that um, that was brought up by one of us. That's a problem. That's a serious problem that we're trying to defend and argue against this. And no one's bringing this up right now. Right? right. But I think it's noble of those Bitcoiners to do this. I think it's very noble of the Bitcoiners out there who are trying to defend and argue against the CSG narrative. I think it's very noble of them. And congratulations, continue the effort. I'm right there with you. Cool. I'm glad that you're doing that. I appreciate the effort. Continue that. But I see things way clearer. This is, this is, where, this is where, like, you know, I'm always going to be left of the center, bro, or right to the center, up to the center, down to the center. I'm always going to be thinking a little bit differently than everybody else, just because that's who I am as a person, you know, you know, that's not a, that's not Bitcoin's problem. DSG narrative. That's not a Bitcoin problem. 
it's never been a Bitcoin problem. The thing that we need to do is we need to attack back. You change the conversation. That's what you do. That's how that's how media really works. Yep. You you there's there's a there's a uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie. Uh, what's that movie called? Tenant or no, not Tenant? Um, what's the one that he did before that with Leonardo DiCaprio? Inception. Yeah, in- Inception. Where uh, I think it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's like he's hanging off. He's like he's like. He's going to the like the edge of the of the garage, and then he's like he's like looking for he's looking at these guys like at the garage, and then Tom Hardy comes next to him and he goes, "You mustn't you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling." And then he he pulls out like a bigger bazooka or something like that, just because yeah. JGL is like thinking a little small, and that's what I'm telling Bitcoiners like you guys have to you guys have to think a little bigger. Because these these people aren't 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 on the same level as us. Like these are actual media conglomerates, and these are actually media companies, and, and these people think in in increments of five, right? They they like they don't think in like one twos. They think in reverse. We're gonna do this. Then we're gonna do this. Then we're gonna do this. Then we're gonna do this, and then checkmate. <laughs> right like i'm not even joking like this is yeah. how they think like this yeah. is how media media conglomerates think like first elon's gonna do this and then we're gonna release this and then we're gonna talk about this and then we're gonna continue this discussion and then checkmate so that's what i'm saying like the fact that we're sitting there arguing about this esg narrative is wasting an entire summer and i'm, I'm just i'm just not gonna have that conversation yeah fuck fuck that what i'm gonna do is change the conversation. I'm going to talk about Elon Musk and why he has children mining cobalt for Tesla batteries. Right. That's what I want to talk about. Why the fuck are we not talking about Tesla using children to mine cobalt in, in the Congolese and the Republic of the Congo? Why is that not a conversation we, we should be having? Why did that conversation stop in 2019? Why are we having a conversation about that? It's because they want to control the narrative. But people don't realize that that's a bigger problem than Bitcoin. Reason being, all of this ESG stuff, all of the stuff that we keep focusing on when we talk about renewables, when we talk about batteries, when we talk about you know, creating these windmills, harvesting this energy, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? All that's going to be stored on lithium-ion batteries. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The key element to all that is cobalt. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? All that is stored on 92. I don't have the, I don't have the I don't have the key thing on me. I have it over here on the other laptop. But all the, all that is stored on all. I think it's like 92 trillion. Don't quote me on this. You'll hear it on the podcast. 92 trillion tons directly underneath the Republic of the Congo. So the thing that they're not telling you is that. The Republic of the Congo could be one of the richest countries or could be one of the richest regions in the world, but it's not. It's one of the most poverty-stricken areas of the world. You have people living on less than 72 cents per day. 
you have these big conglomerate like mining companies, you know, evading taxes, not paying their due, all from North America, all from Europeans, right? Why is that? Well, it's because they're mining cobalt with children. And guess who's one of the biggest people doing that? Elon Musk. Right. So what do you do when people are, are attacking Bitcoin with an ESG narrative? Fuck that. You change the conversation. <laughs> you say, hey, why is Elon Musk using children to mine cobalt in the Congo? That's what you do. And that's what right. we're doing this weekend. We're changing the narrative. And then once we, once we release that, guess what happens? All of a sudden, everybody starts writing about it. All of a sudden, people start changing the narrative into Bitcoin's not ESG, Bitcoin is ESG, Bitcoin is... No. Why is Elon Musk using children to mine cobalt? That's the narrative that we start switching to. And then it becomes, okay, well, it's not just Elon Musk, Carr. You left, you left out all these other companies that are using cobalt. Okay, you have that conversation now. I just started the conversation. You go and have that conversation why Microsoft's using it, why all these other companies are using it. And then it becomes a real thing. Then it becomes a spark. And then it becomes change. And then you can circle back about Bitcoin once you figure out all that stuff, because that's the end game. The end game is us using these renewable batteries, but fuck Bitcoin. Bitcoin has nothing to do with the SG narrative. The, the renewable battery is what we're going to be harvesting all this energy, supposedly, right? Right. That's the bigger problem, but you have all these fucking conglomerate mining companies making trillions off the backs of these African kids. What? Yeah. <laughs> and you're complaining about Bitcoin? Nah, bro. You attack Bitcoin, we attack back. And that's why Thriller and Premium is important because you need somebody like us. The crypt won't do it. Bitcoin Magazine won't do it. Cointelegraph won't do it. Coindesk won't do it because they can't. They don't have the balls. Or the resources. Right. right. And they don't want to burn the bridges, quote unquote. They don't want to burn the bridges. And they're beholden to a lot of companies in the space. You know what? We, we can't print that. We can't roll with that. But guess what? Car can roll with that. Car can print that. Because car is just some looney tune from Austin, Texas. Right. 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 There's beauty in that. Absolutely. That's the, and, and just to keep circling back on podcast over and over, I still think podcast is the last medium that, you know, basically can't be censored, right? Because it's it's small files compared to video files, meaning that like if I were to try to send the same thing as Bitcoin. If I were to try to send even a 1080p video file across the world, the person would have pulled. to have that you'll get pulled or the person would have to have some type of, you know, ability laptop, something to be able to see this. But a podcast is such a small piece of audio that they can hear. They don't even necessarily need the screen. And when you factor in things like podcasting 2.0 and the fact that you don't need platforms like Anchor or Spotify or any of these things or whatever, it's it's to the point where guys like you said, like you and I can go on, give our opinions, and it could be more valuable than the big media giants that are basically getting paid. They're in bed with a lot of these politicians who are in bed with a lot of these tech companies. Listen, I don't even get to see the beauty of your content, car because this bullshit-ass algorithm for some reason determines that... Jose should not see Carr posting yeah. his podcast. And it's, no, it's fucking true. bullshit. No, it's true. So, like, yeah, dude, I, I, dude I'm dude, i so, like, hidden on Twitter. It's not even funny. Like, it's like a uh, shadow ban is what it is. It's, it's I'm crazy. Basically shadow, I'm shadow banned on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm shadow banned on, on, on Substack. Yeah. Um, shadow banned on, on, on the Apple podcast. Uh, it's yep. hilarious, but it's okay. It, it, to me, it doesn't matter because once the content's released, 
it, it's already done its work. It, it like it's I can move on to the next one. You know, yeah. it's like it's like what's that Jay Z song where he's like, he goes on to the next one, on to the. It's just keep, yeah. you just keep going on to the next one. Like yeah. once once I release this on on uh, on Monday and it goes nowhere, cool. Doesn't matter because as as soon as somebody else sees it with who has more relevancy than I do, they just made it relevant. So right. it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter that I uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that I have no relevancy because as soon as somebody who's relevant, you know, retweets it or likes it or quotes it or whatever, yeah. it becomes relevant. And and that's that's all it is. That's all it takes these days. It's just one, one, uh, one guy who's you know who just you know on the toilet, <laughs> reading reading it. Whoever it's gonna be, you know. And there's some people, believe it or not, there's some people in, in the space who follow me, where I'm like, wow, that guy follows me. He's a CEO of so and so exchange. Yeah. That's interesting. Why is he following me for? And I think it's because those people they see the value in something that I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they think, know the I games think, that are being played. So, yeah, hey, so it's, want, it's refreshing want, to them when they don't they, see they the want, so they want somebody who's going to give a little bit of a little bit more um, yeah. truth to what they're, to what, what's really going on in the industry. Absolutely. And I, think, I, I think there's, yeah, I, no, no, say, I, I think there, I think there's people that just won't give you the truth and they, mm-hmm. they just don't want to hear the truth. But I think you need somebody like, like myself, out there to to give you that 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 uh, unrelenting truth and um you know one of the one of the people in, in my telegram he was when we we announced that we were going to go this way they're like good luck to you man <laughs> they're like <laughs> they're going to come after you blah 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 but you know the way i look at it is like you know if it becomes that if that's where it goes then that's where it goes that was my purpose you sure. know um and i think bitcoin's so important where it's worth a human life Call me crazy, but I don't think that's I don't think that's crazy. Obviously, it was worth the millions that Satoshi left on the table, right? Yeah. Um, if it obviously it was worth um like Ross, you know, Ross cared so much about, you know, his um his website and what he was doing for Silk Road because he believed in an open free trade that he gave his life for that idea. Um, should he be out of there? Absolutely. Hopefully he gets out one day. But f- when he did that, like he, he fell on his sword, man. And, and to me, that's like the most powerful thing in the world. Like you can't kill an idea, right? You, you can't kill an idea and all, and all you're doing every time they kill or put somebody in, in a cell, all you're doing is creating a hundred more people like that. Absolutely. And so when you have somebody like Satoshi, you know, obviously left all all those millions of Bitcoin, whatever. Somebody like Ross, that inspires somebody else. You know, and if they come after me, they put me in a cell or they put me in a, you know, they put me away, whatever they do, you're just going to create another somebody like that. And it's just going to keep, you're just going to keep, you can't kill an idea, bro. You just can't. It's just, you're just going to create more and more of us. That's all you're doing. Yeah, I agree. It's it's extremely powerful, man. And and when we understand the value of, you know, not only our, Bitcoin, our I honestly think Bitcoin's worth it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, it's it's the only way out. It's the only way to figure out all this what I call fiat games, all this stuff that's been subjected to us, all this tyranny that's happening. It's all because of money at the end of the day. Somebody's has 
you know, their their uh, their hands in somebody else's pocket and they got some type of agreement. Uh, fix the money, fix the world is the thing that comes to mind right now. And I think that's exactly the point here. I think all of this nasty stuff that we've been talking about over the last few hours or so would all get fixed if the money was fixed. And this is our only chance. You said it a little while ago. We only have one shot at this. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think the to the point you were making a, a few minutes ago, I think I, the smart CEOs also like to keep their uh, their ear to the ground, closer to the ground than most people. And, you know, journalists such as yourself, um, such as myself, people that cover it from the ground, they still like that. Uh, but a good example is, and this is not to shout them out or anything, it's just interesting, like you said, why is he following me as a... Will Reeves from Fold, the CEO of Fold. Um, I didn't post anything that was extravagant for him to be following me, but I kind of see the people he follows. And there are people, like you said, that are not high up on the list. They're, they're, they're people low to the ground that are reporting from the low to the ground. Uh, and it's just a, it just shows signs of a smart CEO. Yeah, You don't have your head in the clouds, right? You're actually listening to the big corners. But we don't got no heroes around here, man. I, in respect to your time, I think we're reaching that deadline that you gave me. So... Car, I could go, we could have this conversation forever. I appreciate your time, brother. Please give the listeners a place where they can go. I know you've been talking about it, but give them a call to action. I'll also include any links in the show notes, but go ahead, man. Send them where you want to go. Yeah, I would just say, like, if you guys are interested in uh, listening to anything that we got going on, because I, I honestly think that we're creating some exceptional quality stuff when it comes to Bitcoin. Um, I would say check out the Bitcoin Takeover Radio. That's what me, you, Vlad, and a couple other Bitcoiners are doing. Um, what, what is the what is the actual website? I just always go to where, where Vlad is tweeting that out. Yeah, I usually what follow is, that, but I think it is btck.com. Um, btctkr. Yeah, I do. I do click on it from Vlad's link. Here, let me see. I mean, yeah, let me check let's check it out. Yep. We'll get this right. We'll get this. Yeah, Vlad, we don't want to mess like, up. Why are you fucking this up? Vlad's gonna keep. Vlad's gonna keep ignoring me if I fuck this one up. <laughs> Here, let me see. I, have, I know I retweeted it somewhere. Shout this out to week, Vlad, man. Yeah, I know it's one thing to write it, but I appreciate what you've, you know, the little platform that you've built for us to be able to rock with you. So, yeah. So he. So yeah. If you guys don't follow Vlad, definitely follow Vlad. He's one of those people that, um, you know, I would say he, uh, he he goes by his own fucking trumpet. <laughs> Sure does. You know, and I respect that, man. I respect people that just don't give a fuck and they just keep doing whatever they want. And me and him would get in disagreements all the time, but I respect that. I rather yeah, disagree sure. with somebody all the time. Yeah, it makes, it, you know, it makes it, your brain it, work. Yeah, you know, that's where you learn. Uh, yeah, so it is btctkvr.com. Check that out. And then uh, he does a 24-hour um Bitcoin slash radio station, and you can hear all sorts of Bitcoin podcasts. Um, myself, Jose's on there. Uh, Vlad's podcast is on there, and a few others um, who won't retweet <laughs> or like our shit. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to fucking retweet that shit. It's pissing yeah. me off. Like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, but yeah, um, what was I going to say? But yeah, anyways. Yeah, check out that for sure because that that'll get everybody that'll get everybody like fucking going, dude. Like, you know, that'll that'll lift everybody up because that's like the most important thing is we're literally the Bitcoin underground. Like, and, and I believe that too. And it was funny because that person I was telling you, that person I was telling you that wanted me on 
on the uh, on the show. The only reason he wanted me on the show is because we've been pushing this whole Bitcoin underground thing. So he's trying to fucking chase clout, bro. Like, ah, interesting. Yeah, bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, guy's a fucking like leech. Yeah. He's trying to. He's trying. He's just a leech, bro. Like, he's just literally chasing clout, and it's so sad too. Like, imagine like have. Imagine being that guy where you literally have to like pay attention to everything and you have to be like constantly like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? And you have to jump on to the next thing. Like imagine being that guy where you have to like constantly like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? Oh, look at that. And then I have to jump on that. Oh, I have to have him on because I have to. That's fucking exhausting. Imagine having sure like, what's that like, dude? Like, I don't wish that on anybody. I feel I kind of feel sorry for him and, and it's at a certain point. Where I'm just like, man, imagine being like, I could never create content like that. Like, literally only having somebody on because you're like, you know, wanting to know like what this Bitcoin underground podcasting network is like, and these group of people that are like Bitcoiners that are creating this Bitcoin podcasting underground are doing like, just because you wish you were part of that, (laughs) you know, or you want to, you want to get some of that clout on your show. So you can be cool and be like that guy who lifts up Bitcoin podcast underground people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I wouldn't go on. Maybe he'll ask you on. Maybe you'll go on and you'll you'll represent us. But we're, we're off the line. <laughs> uh, let me know who it is so I can look out for the message. But nah, I, uh, I, I, but I gotta but want you, to. I gotta want to speak to the individual. That's my thing, man. If I don't, if I don't yeah, think I, I'm gonna I, have every, a good that's conversation. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody their own. Everybody their own. I had told. I only told Vlad about it. Uh, yeah. And Vlad's like, no. He's not gonna do it. Uh, I wouldn't do it just because, um, uh, you know, I just won't, just will not. Um, but I, you're more level-headed than me or Blatt. So. No, no. <laughs> so, I, I, once again, if I don't know anything about dude and he reaches out, I'm probably not gonna even. No, you're that, more level. You're, you're yeah. actually probably better off talking about it than one of us. To be honest nah, with you, because you're more level. I don't, don't want to. Uh, you can what, actually make the conversation better. But anyway, what if was I, I want to talk to him, if I don't want to talk to him, what I was gonna say was like anyway. So like that just shows you like we're doing anyway. What I was gonna say was ultimately go there because that shows you that we are the Bitcoin Underground podcasters. We are doing something special here. We are creating original shit, and that just shows you that all these mainstream Bitcoin podcasts aren't where it's at anymore. Like that, that was 2017. That was 2018. Even I'll give them 2019 even, but come 2020, come 2021, there's a new breed and that's us. So check out, check out us. I appreciate that, man. Even in the call to action, car is selfless. He just said, Hey, screw my direct call to action. We're going to roll together. I love it, man. Yeah. Listen, I, everything you got going on inspires me, man. When we met in person, I, I was so pumped up to meet. I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. Yeah. I do plan on being in Austin more frequently just because of the bit devs and the opportunity that I have. Uh, oh, are you gonna yeah. are you are you all still gonna move or no? Yeah, that that's actually a thing. Uh, we've changed the strategy a little bit. I'm not gonna give my whole strategy on live here. Oh, okay. But but we could talk about it afterwards for sure. Okay, uh, cool. But yeah, you know, I, I do expect to be down there more and obviously expect to reach out to you every time I'm down there, man. So we you, can you gotta make you gotta make a podcast uh like how you how you handle that transition i'm sure that's like well you don't have to give the specifics but like how you handle the like uh the move and like I, dude i would be i know i would listen i'd be like how do you make a cross-country move like that because i don't think i've ever heard anybody talk about something like that i might be, be able cool. to yeah man it, uh, I, I, it did would be, an- I think it would be make for a good episode even if it's just you and your wife like talking about it 
Well, that's um, what I, I was gonna say. Be... We we made it an episode where we put oh, it on yeah, two I week notice. Yeah, so yeah, we got a few. So yeah, that it might be a good follow up. Hell too, bro. Yeah, man, things are going good, man. We're excited to do this. Um, but the the Texas thing is definitely gonna happen now. But anyways, we'll get off the the mic and talk okay, about that bro. car. Thanks again, man. I appreciate you. I'm gonna put all the descriptions for you know the the links in the descriptions. Yeah. For everybody listening, guys, go check it out. If you want pure Bitcoin journalism, um, or like Carr said, if you want to go see the Bitcoin Underground podcast, I got to start using that term more often because I agree with you. Uh, but there's a lot of good content going on out there. Carr, thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate you. We're the Underground, Jose. I <laughs> love it, brother. <laughs> All right. Later. That wraps up another great conversation. I could talk to Carr for days. I literally do. We send messages back and forth to each other. And uh, one of the better relationships that I've been able to gain over the last year. And I appreciate all of his knowledge. Uh, guys, if you want more of this information, please check the show descriptions where you can find areas to be able to support the show. That's how I continue to have the conversations I love to have. And you can continue to get the conversations you love to listen to. As always, till next time, guys. Take care.